Hello, and welcome back to Battle Plan. Uh, today, we're going to continue our spiritual warfare small group series on Battle Plan based on my book, uh, My Search for Prayers Satan Hates. Um, there's a free downloadable PDF transcript of this podcast available on our website with questions and answers at the end for a small group discussion. Uh, it's at active-faith.org. Um, under the tab for resources and then small group. Uh, today, we got some very heavy topics to discuss that are kind of conjoined together. Immorality and abortion are on the agenda for today. These are two very heavy topics, but they're, they're tied together in ancient and in modern history in an amazing way that ultimately centers around spiritual warfare. Now, stay with me as I explain and tie all this together. When God gave Canaan to Israel, why did he tell Israel to kill all the Canaanites, men, women, and children? Exodus 23, 24, NLT, you must not worship the gods of these nations or serve them in any way or imitate their evil practices. Instead, you must utterly destroy them and smash their sacred pillars. Now, why did he say that? Why would he also say, kill them all, women and children? Here's why. Here's why. The Canaanites practiced immorality in front of idols in church, and they offered sacrifices to the idols, and demons were in the unseen accepting these blood sacrifices. Now, I was teaching this material in Bible class one day at a church, and a church leader who'd been a Christian for over 40 years said, Steve, I don't know about that. What makes you think there's demons behind the idols? Uh, I referred him to Psalm 106, 36 to 38 in LT. It says, they worship their idols, which led to their downfall. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, by sacrificing them to the idols of Canaan, they polluted the land with murder. So murder pollutes the land, and they were sacrificing their sons and daughters. Now, if you Google today food offered to idols, you'll find that this is being done all over the world, even today. Uh, note what the New Testament says about that. 1 Corinthians 10, 19 and 20. Am I saying that food offered to idols has some significance or that idols are real gods? No, not at all. I'm saying these sacrifices are offered to demons. Now, one common assault on Christianity today attacks with this statement. If there's a God and he wants the best for us, why do you tell the Canaanites to kill every man, woman and child in Canaan? Good question, wouldn't you say? How would you answer that question? In order to understand why a loving God would command this, we need to know a little about the culture and idol worship that existed in that land, and also what actually happened in their worship ceremonies. There were actually seven nations in the land of Canaan when God sent Israel to conquer them. This comes from Deuteronomy 7.1, uh, GNT. The Lord your God will bring you into the land you are going to occupy, and he will drive many nations out of it. As you advance, he will drive out seven nations larger and more powerful than you. The Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. 
Not only was it seven to one against Israel, but there weren't that many Israelites to begin with. Each of these nations was larger and more powerful. Remember, the Israelites had just spent 430 years in slavery while these seven nations had been training for war and conquering peoples. Big difference, sort of like David and Goliath, right? Deuteronomy 23, 17, New Century Version said, no Israelite man or woman must ever become a temple prostitute. Temple prostitute? What's a temple prostitute? See, these nations that God had instructed Israel to utterly destroy worshipped many regional demon gods in unique ways. One of the unique acts of worship involved temple prostitutes. Now, sometimes the worshiper would slip away from the idol on display into a small portico for sexual acts with the temple prostitutes. Other times, the worshipers had group sex in front of the idol. Keep in mind, this was long before the development of antibiotics and penicillin that would help with social diseases or STDs. So joining in their worship services would mean you'd be infected and diseases would come over you. And this lifestyle always does that. Now, let's move on to the phrase, he made his sons pass through the fire. There shall not be, this is Deuteronomy 18.10, New King James Version, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer. I've never heard a sermon on this topic. It's not the sort of thing sermons usually cover. Children in the audience and and all that. It's an ugly reality, though, an evil ceremony, a physical act with a supernatural hope. It's a desperate endeavor to get the favor of the gods, and the one true God hates it. Here's how it works and what it was supposed to accomplish. There was an iron graven image god, a demon god, to represent Baal or Molech or Chemosh, demons, according to the scriptures. This image portrayed the God sitting and holding out his hands and like like he was about to receive something. Many times in the frenzy associated with these demon gods in Canaan in church, there was a group sex or sex in a small adjacent room we just mentioned with the temple prostitute, male and female, and sexual acts were done in the worship of this evil being. Now, remember that at this point in history, you know, as I said, no penicillin, no antibiotics to treat these diseases that were being transmitted. And so this was bold, flagrant unrighteousness. And now you can begin to understand why God told his people, don't marry them, don't mingle with them, don't make treaties with them, because this would not only mean deadly incurable diseases for God's people, but it would also introduce false gods into the nation of Israel. This iron God was solid in the front and hollow underneath, leaving room to build a fire. And they would stoke the fire under this God. And at the height of the frenzy, the, uh, the worshipers who wanted the favor of the gods uh, and good weather and bountiful crops, they'd move forward to those open arms of the God at the front, who was the arms are turning white, metal turns white as it gets hotter and hotter, and they would throw their newborn infants, especially boys, because they're more valuable, and the child would burn and melt and die right in front of their eyes. And they would celebrate. Now we're going to have a lot of money and a good economy because the gods are going to bless us. Now, if this doesn't sicken you, you've watched too many horror movies 
or you've lost your tender conscience that warns you about the evil around you. Note also before leaving this verse in Deuteronomy 18 that God associates this activity with other acts of evil like witchcraft, soothsayers, and sorcerers. All occult activity is forbidden by God and harmful to us. I hope now it's perfectly clear why God wanted all these nations dead, men, women, and children. They were infected, and they were spreading this disease and evil everywhere they went. Note finally that this is a very similar situation to modern-day evil practices of abortion, except that they killed the baby immediately after it was born, and we've been doing it right before. And in the U.S. alone, we've killed over 60 million babies. Some people say these 60 million lives would have made a massive, positive, economic, and cultural impact on our country. They'd pay taxes. They'd contribute to charities. They would discover medical solutions. They'd make breakthroughs in technology. Who knows how many geniuses and gifted leaders and inventors we've killed before they had a chance to make a difference, before they had a chance to take their first breath of life. I've noticed that everyone who's pro-abortion is alive and they have been allowed to be born instead of being aborted. Remember that God is in charge of all pregnancy. In other words, just because two people have sex doesn't mean there's going to be a baby. So in that sense, all pregnancies are approved by God, no matter the circumstances of the situation. Psalm 139, 16 and 17 addresses this in LT. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. You see, Christians must stand up against abortion and sexual immorality. Preachers must preach against abortion and sexual immorality. God is against abortion and sexual immorality. So in light of today's thoughts, let me suggest that part of your personal battle plan might be to consider the following two discussion thoughts. Number one, discuss ways Christians can preach or teach against sexual immorality and abortion and repent for our nation for endorsing it, just as David confessed and repented for his sins and Daniel confessed for the uh, sins of his nation in Daniel 9 verse 20. Number two, Discuss that sexual immorality has consequences in the physical realm involving disease and mental health issues, as well as consequences in the spiritual realm, like unhealthy soul ties, guilt, and sin. And let me remind you to keep praying because prayer works. God loves you, and I love you. Have a great day.